This is a Podcat Nation production. This is Sainted Love, a podcast about beliefs, culture, morality, philosophy, and all the messy parts of religion and spirituality. My name's Nick Andrews. And I'm Kiyomi Hori. We are uh, Olivia-less today. Once again, no Olivia. Yeah. Yeah. She had a work meeting today. Yeah, it was. very uh, clear. There's always a good reason. <laughs> yeah. She's not just avoiding us. So we're a little sad. Leia's sad. My dog is sad because she loves Olivia, but... And hates me. Well, she's just confused and doesn't understand <laughs> what i am yeah because you're a confusing creature but I'm a confusing you know. creature yeah how are you what oh have you been up to good. it's um uh it's been a little crazy couple of weeks but it's been good yeah how about yourself good good um i was told that it's very important that i brought this up today mm. what have i been up to what have we been up to we started watching a movie last night that mm-hmm. directly we feel like in a weird way this definitely correlates to our conversation at hand We've, you know, I'm clear. We've both seen this movie before, okay. and, and also read the books, which is really unfortunate. But we felt compelled to start watching uh, the first Fifty Shades movie last night. <laughs> I wondered. <laughs> I got this very cryptic message <laughs> last night at about like ten thirty, eleven. It was like, I, we just thought you should know that you look like Jamie Dornan. I was like, okay. <laughs> Oh no! I regret to inform you that I you look like Jamie. I regret to inform Jamie you that you look like Jamie Dornan. I was like, "Thank you." I mean, he's not a bad-looking guy. But I was like, "What is going on?" But <laughs> to which I told Olivia, "I was like, don't worry, he gets much creepier than Nick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the part that I was like, um, "There's okay, thank you." Whereas, like, there's one point, and I don't know when it was because, like, we've only we only made it through like half the movie before we're like, mm, we should probably go to sleep because we both have stuff to do tomorrow. Yeah. And at one point, and Olivia goes, "Ugh." I'm like, what? That just sounded like Nick. Did you hear that? Went, what? He's like, play it again. I'm like, oh no, that did sound like Nick. Just the way he said something. Something very cool, obviously. It had like your inflection. And then he kept. Did he say icon? Icon. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> but then just periodically, like, oh no, they kind of look the same. Oh, I'm deeply, deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> well, um, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah <laughs> good um well so that's what we've been so that's, that's what i've been up to sounds, that's the most exciting thing i can think of well that i guess that's pretty exciting yeah i started new meds for acid reflux because i'm that's in my 30s exciting. oh man I, I still feel that <laughs> i still feel that uh let's just let's just talk about heartburn the whole episode exactly. <laughs> I, I, got, relatable, I, I got so much material here i think that's relatable content it's relatable content yeah. um yeah on that delightful note <laughs> Do you want to have a chat? Let's do it. So our conversation today is about purity culture. Before we jump into that, we just want to give you a slight word of warning. Because of the nature of this topic, we're going to be talking about sex and we will be mentioning things like sexual assault. We won't go into any kind of detail at all, but we want to have everybody be able to enjoy the episode to the fullest extent. Uh, so we just want to give you a bit of a word of warning. Here to help us talk about purity culture is Rachel Simmet. So Rachel grew up going to Catholic school and attending a non-denominational church in small town Alberta. 
where she was very active in the youth group and in Christian culture. After high school, she attended Bible college before moving on to attend Trinity Western University. Although she aimed to work in the nonprofit sector, she has since changed paths to working for families directly as a postpartum doula in Vancouver, BC. Her religious path has led her away from the church and organized religions to a more personal spiritual practice that draws from more European pagan practices. Welcome, Rachel. Hi, Hi. Rachel. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we are here to talk about purity culture. Ooh. Some of our listeners who have grown up in the evangelical church will have probably heard this term and this concept mm-hmm. will probably be very familiar with it. But for those who are not, can you, uh, Rachel, can you tell us a little bit about what purity culture means? Yeah. So I found like this definition on the Gospel Coalition website. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's purity culture is a term often used for the evangelical movement that attempts to promote a biblical view of purity by discouraging dating and promoting virginity before marriage, often through the use of tools such as purity pledges and symbols such as purity rings mm. and they do have like a bible verse in there to kind of justify the beliefs i guess sure, you yeah. could say sure or, yeah yeah gospel coalition yeah. um i i think i saw yeah. that same article yeah. and i was like this is really good but i really hate this website <laughs> yeah, yeah i felt the same way like it was actually interesting i thought it was it was a good a definition good, yeah, yeah. Good definition. it's a good like a merriam webster like yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty pretty obviously it's more complicated other than, than the like, bible verse not too much like mm-hmm. weird theology in the definition at least yeah, yeah. 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 Well, do you want to tell us a little bit about why you wanted to chat about this mm-hmm. topic? Yeah. So I grew up um, in a non-denominational church in rural Alberta um, <laughs> <laughs> with Nick. <Ooh. laughs> we went to Catholic school together. <laughs> yeah. We actually grew up. It's really funny because we grew up yeah. down the street from each other, yeah. like like literally half a block yeah. less maybe. And now we live like a block and a half away from one another yeah. in a completely different city. Yeah. So a yeah, lot has changed. A lot has yeah. changed. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I had, you know, this influence of going to Catholic school and kind of the belief system around Catholicism, but then also the influence of my church, which was, like I said, kind of non-denominational, but they had their own kind of theological sure, right, kind right. of beliefs. Um, sort of an evangelical bent. Yeah, so it was mm-hmm. kind of based in, like, originally based in, like, the Midwest in the States and then uh, kind of came to Canada. Yeah. Um, my parents actually <laughs> met at... Familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh. My parents actually met at the Bible College associated with, with the church. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, grew up, I think I'm, like, at least, like, the sixth generation of my on my parents' oh, wow. side that went to wow. this particular denomination. Wow. Um, yeah, so... It kind oh, that's of, impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's my family too, but that's less weird with Catholics. Yeah, I mean that ha- tends to happen in Catholic <laughs> families, but right. Yeah, and um, yeah, and my mom's side as well. They're all like you know, like grew up going to a Christian church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I feel like when I was in junior high, high school, kind of like I was very influenced by the church growing up. I was very involved in youth group in mm-hmm. junior high and high school, and that's when I got really involved into going to youth conferences right. and reading like Christian magazines and having a lot more influence from kind of what I would say like the focus on the family kind of James right. Dobson yeah, yeah. kind right. of yeah, like very familiar culture <laughs> like broader way, evangelical yeah. yeah so I feel like a lot of what I learned or what I was taught about kind of purity culture and sexual ethics had a lot to do with that kind of like broader Christian culture with like the music that I listened to like right. I never listened to like non-Christian music really right you um, know and because it wasn't really like 
necessarily talked about at home. Like my parents just didn't really like teach me any sort of like sex education mm, that right. I get all my kind of like, you know, I guess ideas about sex from either, you know, TV I was watching or mostly like the kind of Christian um, content circles yeah. I was in. Yeah. 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 A very limited sort of bubble of yeah. exposure. Yeah. 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 So do you want to like elaborate a little bit on like some of the details of what that meant? Like with the rules, like expectations that you were either told to follow or were like deciding to follow? Yeah. So things like when we went and did something with youth group that had to do with like going to the beach or going anywhere swimming, oh, yeah. there was rules about like we were told that we oh. weren't allowed to wear like a bikini, like right. as a, a female yeah. bodied person. You know, um, I went on like a missions trip when I was like 16 or 17 Mm -hmm. and we were told to bring like a one piece bathing suit. But I remember even at the time being really frustrated because it's like we're teenagers. You can't find one piece bathing suits at the Walmart. Unless you want to wear like a professional like the speedo racing gear yeah. unless you want to like look like an old lady yeah. So. That too, yeah. or like the 1950s style one. Yeah. <laughs> where there's like a skirt yeah. yeah so um we had to go to you know our youth pastor who was like a man and say like hey like i don't think you know what it's like to be a teenage girl like can we just wear like a tank top or a tankini or whatever and yeah. then he said like yeah that's fine but you know it was yeah it was things like that that like a lot of what I was taught specifically as like a girl Mm. was that like I had to be careful about how I dressed and it led me to like a lot of feeling like uncomfortable in like my own body because you know you go through like junior high and you already feel kind of like weird and awkward and then you have people who kind of like might make comments behind your back or to your face about how you look yeah (laughs) and then you go into this like church environment where you're kind of taught like well you don't want to like make other people like stumble so you basically don't want to cause like the men in your life to sin by dressing a certain way you start associating your own body with shamefulness yeah Yeah, exactly yeah gross i went to not mission stuff but i did like summer camp like the bible summer camp Mm -hmm. um and that was the bathing suit was that like oh yeah it almost for them it almost didn't matter what kind of swimsuit you had you could have a one piece but if the one piece wasn't to their liking you also had to wear a t-shirt but all of the all of the male-bodied campers yeah you could wear you know their normal swim trunks right you know they had their tits out you know (laughs) yeah but boys aren't causing other boys to stumble except they are but (laughs) except that they are (laughs) but but not in this world yeah Yeah. yeah so yeah yeah, and and that kind of like it was largely based on, you know, specific kind of gender ideas mm-hmm. and gender roles. Like right. I I think I grew up when it felt like it was like somewhat more progressive ideas in the sense because from what I've heard kind of manifestations of purity culture in more conservative Christian um spaces like men and women weren't even allowed to like study the Bible together. Whereas right. like right. You know, we had mixed Bible studies and stuff like that, but Mm. sometimes we would do things separately and the boys were taught, well, like all men struggle with porn. So let's, we have to talk about this as like a thing. And that was never brought up to any of us, like girls or women. Girls don't watch porn. Exactly. Girls don't have sexual feelings. No. No. Nick, so, you know. (laughs) Only boys do and it's your job to take care of them. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. In all ways. Yeah. (laughs) Both prevention and proactiveness. (laughs) Yeah, um, you so, can't see my eye roll, but 
Yeah, so there's this weird kind of dynamic that it was very much based on, yeah, kind of more like like straight attraction and like right. more binary kind of gender ideas. I think like the the church that I grew up in was more what we call like egalitarian. So women mm. like were allowed to have leadership roles mm-hmm. and, and things like that. So were they allowed to be pastors? Yeah, they were. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, and head pastors as well. But you know, we had four pastors growing up. None of them were women. So right. It was a good idea. Like it's like yeah. a kind of one of those things that was talked about being allowed but then right. not necessarily like shown in practice yeah, it was it was much. allowed in theory exactly yeah, yeah. but i feel like yeah it kind of <laughs> can't we describe the giant handful of grapes by accident <laughs> i tried to grab two but i didn't realize they were all attached <laughs> sorry carry on yeah like i feel like as, as much as it was kind of purity culture it was based around these gender roles it was like in my church somewhat it wasn't quite as i guess you could say like strongly like segregation i guess between right. like men and women right. and we would have like youth group sleepovers where we were allowed to like commingle and things like that commingle yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> um spicy (laughs) yeah just compared to you know different things i've heard from people kind of coming out of this purity culture kind of influence it seems a little milder maybe yeah Yeah, yeah. um i do think that like the way purity culture you know is kind of taught in maybe canadian context is a little bit different than like the american south or american midwest so but still we are and have been strongly influenced by american media and the yeah. church movements there well for sure especially yeah. within the evangelical church has a strong american influence kind of yeah. all over the world mm-hmm. yeah um because a lot of evangelical denominations kind of came out of an american approach to theology an american yeah. worldview yeah and and then a, then kind of went from there um i wouldn't say exclusively but a lot of it is like at very least influenced by that kind of a southern baptist in particular oh, um, yeah. influence could you uh, maybe like describe a little bit about the ways that, at least in your experience, that you see the approach to purity culture different between the boys and the girls in quotes? And I mean, uh, mm-hmm. because in this worldview, there's really no acknowledging of people who are neither or both or like, yeah, you know, who absolutely. are not binary. Yeah. It's, divided it's, by your anatomy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So could you yeah, just speak to a little bit? Because I, I mean, purity culture is something that's targeted in theory at everybody, but it definitely yeah. in different ways, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I remember taking like a purity pledge and getting like a purity ring. And mm-hmm. um, it was like one of those things where like going back to like the clothing, it was very much like women were seen more as like this sexual object to be like, right you know it's almost like a prize that you get for a man to if you are like a virgin on your wedding night you know right, right, right. yeah so i even had a friend of mine who ha- wore his wife's purity ring around his neck like as a necklace like after they were married you know it oh, was kind I of like hate Ooh, that. <laughs> oh my god um i guess is who that might be but i won't say it <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so Ugh. i think that everyone kind of like navigated a little bit differently about what kind of like specific rules they had as far as like well one of the main things was you weren't allowed to have sex before you're married mm-hmm. right. but it was like how far were you allowed to go kind right. of was like uh kind of like a constant debate 
of in course kind of christian circles but it was largely like focused on like oh the man can't control themselves and like yeah. the, it's right. up to the woman yeah. to be more like virtuous and kind of like almost like protect the men from them their own sexual desires right. in a way which is like right super weird the oh. wildest thing that yeah. i've recently learned in regards of like yeah what what are the different like boundaries of what can you actually get away with mm-hmm. before it counts as sex yeah kind of things have either of you heard of popular in mormon culture of soaking i just learned it <laughs> yeah i like i've seen a couple tiktoks yeah. but, but it's like literally oh just gosh. a term I'm, i don't fully understand so I, I was like, I need, to look. I need to know. I'm so confused. This is like, this sounds really upsetting. Yeah. So of course in Mormonism, also a strong purity culture yeah. you can't have sex for a marriage, but this is very popular, particularly at BYU. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, of people, you know, trying to push the boundaries of what they can do. Right. So BYU being Brigham Young University, Brigham Young it's University. a very like, uh, it's a Mormon university in Utah. Yes. Um, so soaking, and when you learn what it is, the term is even more upsetting. It's basically insertion, full penetration, but no moving. You just, but you don't move. What? But you don't move. So, <laughs> the look on your face that is amazing. So much more bizarre than anything I imagined. So these like, like young university kids at BYU are just going around being like, stick it in, but don't you move. Mm. <laughs> Once fuck? you're in. Just, just lie there. So just it's only sex if you're moving. Well, yeah. well I mean, then, I guess kind of. Then, <laughs> oh, I feel like I know. Yeah. I feel like you're gonna go no, maybe where there was an earthquake it. okay recently. Yeah, there was an earthquake. And you were like, oh no! Quick, everybody's <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be like, is it a sin if it was an act of God? The earthquake caused the movement. Wow. Well, I've heard that you can get your friend to like jump on the bed. That's another one I saw. Yeah, I or saw like go like, underneath the mattress and like if you're not the one doing it so i've seen like people like who grew up mormon or groups like that or you know have come out of byu and like yeah the jokes of like it's my turn to jump on the bed for my friend who's soaking with her boyfriend this is just to, have like, sex guys just yeah if it's honestly going, it's like, especially that, at that point if you're going to go that far if your genitals are exposed you know yeah right? and if you're inside one of another already like <laughs> you've like, already I'm crossed right that boundary right? just Absolutely. go for it and like have heard plenty of other stories they're talking about just the ways that they can like figure out how to get each other off without actually having sex because apparently the only bad thing is if there is you know thrusting of any kind right. once yeah. there is penetration like this it it's- would only work for heterosexuals <laughs> Oh yeah, that doesn't work. It for doesn't lesbians. work so well for yeah. I was gonna say, in particular, lesbians. But <laughs> oh boy, yeah. So yeah, these are the things that like strange lines. You know, you kind of you're like trying to figure out as a teenager, like what can I you know get away with? with yeah, my, like mm-hmm. boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Right, of course. You yeah. know, so what did <laughs> I have to contribute today? Mormon soaking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> From the Seventh Day Adventist. From the, the yeah. former Adventist, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is like a this understanding, and it's I don't think it's ever said explicitly, but it, there's definitely like this kind of like ever present understanding that if you're a guy, you're gonna fuck up, you're gonna have sex, yeah. it's for sure gonna happen. Don't worry about it. Just like ask for forgiveness mm. and then be fine. Yeah. But if you're a girl, you better not. 
Yeah. If you're a woman, there's absolutely no way you can cross that boundary. And like I've I've heard there's different analogies of like chewed gum and like scratched up rose petals and things like that where they were trying to teach kids in the tube. Yeah, they're trying to like like gross analogies. Kids purity culture and just like and I think that like maybe because I was a teenager in like the mid two thousands and purity culture Mm -hmm. had been around for like ten or so years. Yeah. There was like a little bit less gendering there, but at the same time, it's hard not to like feel like it is really like up to the woman to be the more like, I guess, like pure one in a way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was even kind of like talking about kind of how far would you go? It's like some people took it like so far that they're like, we shouldn't even have like kiss before we're married or we shouldn't kiss before we're engaged or things like that because they just didn't want to get to the position where they felt like they were like. Well, accidentally having sex or like stumbling you would call it right. You know? right i know somebody who's still quite conservative christian but grew up adventist is no longer adventist mm-hmm. and her and her husband when they were dating they never even said i love you they never said i love you because yeah. their agreement and their understanding was that when he finally said i love you because it was up to him to say it first apparently of course yeah. um the next thing would be that they would be getting engaged. Yeah. Straight people are so weird. So weird. that as well. And it is like a a lot of Christianity is like, well, the man's supposed to lead the woman like spiritually. And so when it comes to like these like sexual things. Thanks, Paul. That's also (laughs) like what people believe. Paul can get fucked. (laughs) I was like just reminded of a very just graphic memory. Probably when I was like in high school too, as you mentioned, um, like the purity contracts. Yeah, and oh, yeah. I remember signed a couple of those. Uh, <laughs> just to reiterate, just, a, just a, more than one. But there's one, so, so you can double sin later. So we can double sin later. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You have to really mean it. You know, exactly. To, um, yeah. But I think mentioned I've mentioned before. Or as we mentioned before, the Adventists have a annual, um, they do like conference gatherings. Um, mm-hmm. And in, in BC, it's called Camp Hope because it takes place in hope. Um, and so it's sure. every Adventist, essentially, from the entire province um, all hope, get together. Hope is a city in BC. It's not a, like a weird metaphor. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a creepy little small town about two hours from Vancouver. Cute um, shops, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's cute, <laughs> but it's scary. Yeah. Um, but yes, they have this um, camp and of course there's different gatherings for all of your seminars and things right. for different age groups and whatever. And it was the youth tent or young adults tent. It was, it was the young adults tent, which is for like weirdly for like 16 until like 25 or something weird like that. That's I don't, too wide. Too I don't wide. know. And they, for that year, they're the speaker that they had on. They decided the, because there's always a speaker that they have for the whole week. And there's usually a specific theme that they're going to talk on the whole week. And that theme, it happened to be one of my friends at the time, her boyfriend's grandmother. Some people might listen to this and be like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Who was at the time a very well-known speaker Mm -hmm. on essentially like purity. Right. And did a full like 10 days seminar talking about your purity, purity of your mind, of your heart, of your body, of your soul. But I say graphic because at the end we ended up with the purity contracts. But I say graphic because they had 
two days in a row where there would just be they, they talked about um stis oh yeah that's a big and, thing and but didn't even talk about it just were like here is a uh you know blown up to 20 feet picture of this person's genitals covered in sores this is what will happen to you if you go out and have sex yeah and then made like kids learn scripts to like act out scenes it was i was i'd forgotten all about this I'm like oh no it's like that scene in mean girls these are my like cultural references from like 20 years ago sure. that scene in mean we'll girls where that. they're like in health class and he's like <laughs> teaching them sex ed and he the sex ed class is just him going don't have sex because if you have sex you will get chlamydia and die yes <laughs> that's yeah. essentially that was, what and it that's was. basically what that the whole conference was they're like look right. at these giant blue sores do yeah. you want that no you don't that was you know like who doesn't want it god a similar sex education that i had in catholic school yeah like, yeah i was just gonna say yeah this is like all the stis you can possibly get that was like the, all they ever said about it yeah it was just we like had, literally. It was literally yeah, like one class, one class in health. of SDI, and yeah. before that, it was our teacher was like, "Learn from your own experiences." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> That's I forgot about that. Literally, what he that said. was our, prof- our our teacher. He was like, "I absolutely do not want to talk about this." And so, like, literally every year that we were supposed to yeah. have any kind of sex ed or like, yeah. or like any talk about puberty or anything like that, they would yeah. literally push it as far back as possible. Yeah. So there's like two more health classes left, and yeah. it was just it was just that. So like, you grew up Jesus. like knowing really nothing yeah. about your own yeah. anatomy, yeah. let alone like yeah. beyond yeah, that. Exactly talking about pleasure Speak, like heaven forbid speaking of uh catholic school i don't know if you remember in religion class there was one day that we talked about like sexuality do you remember this at all uh no it was like i think memory. i can't remember what grade this was in like grade eight or nine or yeah. something and um it was in like our religion textbook so you know it's gonna be good right oh, yeah. and it was like the <laughs> it was this bizarre like allegorical story involving bears and like the bears were like like and the animal by the way so calm down Thank all you, you gays <laughs> but <men>. like <laughs> the bears were there was like it was like a teenage bear and they had like <laughs> it had like, <laughs> had like this special box it was like it was like a little heavy-handed <laughs> and, and like and it was something about like sharing the special box and then regretting it. And it was, it was just a, you don't remember this, do you? No, Did you block it out? Probably. <laughs> don't share your special box. So it that was essentially the, what it came <laughs> down to. And I was like this. Christ. So yeah. even then I was like, well, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And I was like pretty into it at that point. So yeah. yeah, it is funny to me looking back to being like certain things and I'm like, yeah, I don't even remember if I really believed that at the time. Yeah. I like even thought like, yeah. this is kind of like, eh. Um, like yeah. this all seems really questionable yeah your brain's still developing as right. a teenager so you're just highly influenced by the world around you mm. oh yeah absolutely you had mentioned something before about like basically none of this is the man's responsibility um mm-hmm. of what it comes down to so i was just wondering if you could maybe touch on the ways that you see purity culture um overlapping with uh rape culture yeah, so consent is like never talked about as a concept right. in purity culture yeah. from what I've ever encountered. We said that we're like we're not really taught about our own bodies, our own desires, and we're not even like really taught to accept those things in the sense of like, well, porn is seen as wrong, masturbation is kind of like one of those things that like is debated on whether or not it's a sin, but mm-hmm. mostly it's like kind of looked down upon like, oh yeah, like maybe this is something you struggle with, but like you should try not to do it kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, right. So really you're suppressing like all your sexual desires. Yeah. Girls don't masturbate. At that point. Yeah, they don't. <laughs> I mean, 
I couldn't figure out until I was older because like, <laughs> no one like, uh, talked about it. Or, like... For people who have a penis, it's pretty intuitive. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for people who don't, maybe less so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially when you're like not even like you don't, you're not taught anything. You're yeah, like, true. you don't know what even your anatomy is. Like, right? right? Like, when know. did you realize there was more going on than, you know, just that initial oh, like, hey. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, wow, there's details. Yeah. <laughs> details. It was almost like... I was like scared to like look at my own body or like yeah. explore it in a way because you didn't want to feel like you did something wrong. Yeah. Right, right. Right. When I came to like sitting or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. So I think this all kind of like sets people up for yeah to be like when you're not educated about these things, then really, how can you even understand consent or right. you know like for me like the first time I ended up like really being like sexually active with someone, it was like not really talked about beforehand it was just kind of like oh this guy was in with university we started like making out and then things kind of progressed more and then you could kind of tell like afterwards he had this sense of regret because it was just when I was going to Christian university mm-hmm. and he even kind of said that to me like oh we shouldn't do things anymore blah 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 but it was never like about like oh well it's because we didn't talk about it beforehand or because we didn't like have this kind of like agreement of where we were like physically going but it was more along the lines of like well like i feel bad because this is like wrong like like a sin or biblical the the guilt yeah the guilt like the like personal guilt that Mm -hmm. he had um so it was like you know looking back on that it was really like i mean even at the time i was kind of like this isn't cool like you're not like making sure i'm comfortable with, with what we're doing not even just like on a level of consent, but a level of like, well, I also at the time still identified as a Christian person. So right. it's like, well, maybe I didn't want to like do these things that now we're like doing. And why is it up to me as like the woman to like basically be the one to give the boundary to be like, yeah. no, right. I'm not comfortable. There's right. so many layers of it, yeah. right? This thing, the, as a, in quotes, woman or girl, yeah. you're yeah. responsible for boys and men's sexuality but at the same time you're not supposed to have like governance over yeah exactly um, the male people right like it's there's like the submission and all the stuff they talk about i mean obviously that's meant for if you're married yeah Um, but it and so so is sex so so is sex and so it's just there's so many layers that lead to it leads to you being more susceptible to being taken advantage of absolutely mm. yeah and in, bo- in both directions in both yeah directions. and i f- i feel like for me it's like i had a lot of weird feelings about that because it's like oh well like he's touching my boobs this feels really good but also mm. like do i want this i don't know and then it was kind of like so caught up in the moment and then i felt bad afterwards because it's like oh i should have stopped this i should have yeah. been the one because you know like women are more taught to like control their sexual urges more so than like men are or at least suppress them in a lot of ways so yeah this is like a lot of weird mixed feelings about that and it does like yeah bother me that he never really like took my feelings into consideration i think a lot of well even just like oh i'm feeling like at the very least weird about this or guilty or whatever maybe i should check in with this other person that i just had this like really intimate moment with and see how they're doing because they're coming from a very similar culture maybe they're feeling the same yeah but yeah. no, let's just like ignore that fact. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then he would like avoid me and be like, this right. can't happen again. And then we would make out like three days later because we were like 20 some year olds. Like, yeah. just like never. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the, this, the, uh, not that I've spent like, I didn't have the same kind of exposure to purity yeah. culture as you did, but yeah. I like, the, I, I had, 
was kind of in and out of evangelical circles a little mm-hmm. bit when I was a younger person. And so I, there's a limited exposure to that kind of rhetoric, but there's like never the idea, like never is it ever discussed that like women are actual people. It, like it's, it's like women oh, are viewed not, as not really. women are temptresses. Women are stumbling blocks. Women yeah. are caretakers. There's all these yeah. terms that you're used to apply to women, but never it's like a woman is a human being who actually has thoughts and feelings the same as you do. Mm-hmm. But it's, there's also yeah. not acknowledging that men have thoughts and feelings. It's just they. It's it's this weird thing where men are superior, no but gets, also just no animals. Also just thoughts and feelings. Yeah, yeah, nobody has thoughts. Nobody has thoughts. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. It's like men are the higher intellectual ones who are thinking about things and have are the ones who are leaders and things like that. But also, men are just animals who are who expected to yeah. think control about those their things. urges. Exactly. Yeah. It's this. So it's so. Yeah. It's. I mean. Obviously, it's degrading uh, degrading to women, but it's also degrading to men. Like, take a step back and look at it for a minute, guys, and be like, this is such a condescending worldview of every single human being. Like, (laughs) think about it for a second. Right. And like going back to what I said Ugh. earlier, how like they divided like men and women and men talked about porn and things like that. I had a guy friend who specifically told me he had never looked at porn until he went into like a youth group situation where they're like, oh, men struggle with porn. And he felt like weird because he didn't look at porn. And then he started looking at porn afterwards because he thought, well, everyone does this. Everyone struggles with this. I'm curious now. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. Look at that it. man was Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? I don't know. What the internet yeah. are you on? Is it not? Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's it's wild. It it's is, wild. and it, it doesn't make sense, especially like, I don't know if people who are listening to this are from outside of the Christian worldview, but like mm-hmm. explaining it is like... It's bizarre. Like what? Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, the main the main thing of it is like don't have sex before you're married. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's versions of that in exactly, many religions. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. w- don't know that I can say most, but many religions. I mean, like obviously, like there's versions, <laughs> especially the conservative kind of strains of different religions have versions of don't have sex before you're married yeah. and so, sort of version of purity culture. Evangelical purity culture gets a lot more exposure though because we are right next to the United States. The United States is a heavily Protestant country, heavily influenced by white evangelicals. And so their culture becomes a big part of American culture, which becomes a big part of our global understanding of things. And like we're speaking on it in when like we grew up in like the mid 2000s. Yeah. And that's kind of when this like idea was at its peak. Exactly. I don't know exactly how it's changed in far as what they talk about it since right. then because I'm not in those. I just remember like growing up to you like and so there's yeah that men can't control themselves but every example that I was told talked about of people that we knew in real life like I'm like sorry mom but like <laughs> everybody's like talk about is always like boys that we knew in our life whether they were family members or just family friends and the teenage boys who had like gone through a breakup and were like so depressed and like you know borderline suicidal and things like that and the reasoning that i was always given why they were so upset was well because they've probably been having sex and so that because they've been having sex with this person and then they broke up it's because that's meant for married people and so Mm -hmm the bond was too strong and so that's you know if they hadn't had sex they wouldn't be so sad yeah, yeah. It's, what <laughs> it's it's a strange what? view of sex where it's like it's sex is like this extreme extreme like, emotional bond. exactly yeah. and, and it can and be it can be but it, but doesn't, it doesn't have to be no, either exactly. like, there are like kind of layers to this i just like yeah. wish like i appreciate 
the impulse to talk to your kids about sex. You should talk to your kids about sex if you have kids. Uh, if you don't have kids, don't talk to anybody about sex. <laughs> Any of them about <laughs> sex. That's weird. Don't talk to children about sex if they're not um, your own kids. <laughs> but talk to your kids about sex, but but actually talk to them about sex. Don't just yeah. say, yeah. don't have sex. That's not talking Absolutely. to them about sex. Like have a conversation with them. And I, I'm fully on board with the idea, don't have sex until you're ready to have sex. Yeah. But understand that that's an individual thing. Yeah. Prepare your kids yeah. in a way that they know for certain how they feel themselves. Mm-hmm. If they feel ready, then that's great. And if they don't, then they know have yeah. the tools to, yeah. to articulate that. And they have some sort of like autonomy exactly. or like this idea even like that they know their like own self-pleasure or things like that. That was definitely mm-hmm. not like taught. It was really taught like, well, the women's supposed to fulfill this men's sexual desire. Right, right. Somewhat the other way, but not as much, you know, not as much emphasis on that. Um, could you talk a little bit about the ways that you've noticed that purity culture has any kind of any kind of response or any kind of uh, approach to LGBTQ people and non-binary people, people outside of your traditional view of marriage and sex? I know that it doesn't yeah. directly approach that, but how has that kind of worldview influenced the way that people speak about LGBTQ folks? Yeah, so I think like growing up at the time when I was very involved in the church was right around the time they were talking about same-sex marriage becoming legalized in Canada. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was this talk about like, what can we do to like preserve religious freedom while also kind of having our own like, you know, freedoms, but also mixing that with like, whoa, the church like that I grew up in, you know, believed about sex. Right. So similar to certain debates currently going on in the States. Yeah. So I would say that we only ever talked about like gay marriage specifically because, right. you know, bi people don't exist and trans people don't exist. Well, so that part's true. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel's alone in the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody else. Yeah. So really when I ever heard it be talked about, it was really talking about like gay. Right. Mm-hmm. Like right. gay marriage, kind of like gay relationships. And it was really like what. I was told is kind of the problem wasn't necessarily like the desires you had for like same sex attraction, but it was the acting upon it. Right. And this is kind of homosexual behavior. Exactly. Mm. So, yes. uh, Such a loaded term. (laughs) This even like influenced me like like for a long time, even because I did go to, I went to Bible college and then I went to a Christian university. She just kept piling it on. Exactly. (laughs) Couldn't get away. I went to what? people now may know as like a controversial Christian university, which is Trinity Western yeah, University. It was less so at the time. But um, it wasn't so as much, I think. At least not it in the It became controversial when I was there. Right. Yeah. I was um, say, probably right around the time. Yeah. It yeah. was like during I was going there. So for those of you who don't know what happened is Trinity wanted to open a law school and then people started saying that they're discriminatory towards um, LGBTQ folks because they have, you have to sign a code of conduct when you go to this university to say you you won't have you'll get kind of uphold biblical ethics and one of the things they said was a biblical ethic was saving sex till marriage Mm -hmm. and not having any sort of like homosexual relationship so even at the time i remember thinking like well you know like it's not really that they're like necessarily discriminating like none of us are allowed to have sex so (laughs) they're telling no they're telling everyone you're not allowed to have sex but because they also didn't really like i guess believe in or validate same sex marriage then obviously there was like there is a discrimination there because you were 
you were like never allowed to act upon those feelings mm. really right so yeah i i kind of you know i remember even the very first day i went to that university i was like this isn't this is somewhere i want to be this isn't mm-hmm. i don't mm. believe in these people like it was very i would say a lot more conservative and like christian evangelical than what i was used to because i grew right. up like going to a multi-denominational Bible college where I had friends who were Baptist and I went to like more like, what do you call those people who are like charismatic? Charismatic churches. Like Pentecostals? Yeah, I went to like a Pentecostal mm-hmm. church. And then when I went to Trinity, I went to like a Mennonite Brethren church. Like I was kind of all over the place in terms of like specific Christian denominations. Right. But yeah, Trinity was very, I would say a lot more conservative than mm-hmm. what I was used to. And mm. I remember, yeah, just being there, being like, this something feels wrong about this you know right um it feels off yeah and you know i feel like i was probably like influenced by you when i was younger because i think at one point you told me i don't think the gay uh relationships are wrong from a biblical viewpoint and i was like i don't know what you're talking about but okay (laughs) okay nick (laughs) nick saying words again well i mean it was kind of the same time that i was like grappling with yeah my own sexuality and so i like was trying to come to conclusions and like yeah like how does this fit in because i know i know the way i am and i know that it wasn't like active choices and things like that i mean it was not my fault quote unquote yeah Mm. but uh and so i was looking at Mm -hmm. things because this was also I was wouldn't say the same culture that you, yeah, but a similar sort of worldview. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and so I was trying to grapple with like, well, what does the Bible say? What is actual like? Yeah, you were theologically. Like, how does this actually things. work? So questioning things. Right, yeah. so. And there, and I started realizing that there are a lot of people who appro- approach the Bible, uh, who approach biblical interpretation through a queer lens, mm-hmm. and who can look at it and say, "Hey, look, this isn't necessarily how we have to look at this." Or how we yeah. have to interpret these passages, uh, even 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 if you are coming from a more literalist viewpoint, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to read that way. That's the yeah. beauty of uh, the Bible is there's more than one way to interpret it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that was the very beginning of people even questioning that, being like, "Well, can you be a Christian and be like kind of culturally, yeah, uh, was, yeah, like affirming of these different viewpoints and right. being it was yeah. definitely with these things, yeah." Definitely more or more entering the zeitgeist at that time for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so I went wow. to university close to Trinity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I went to Quantlin, uh, oh, yeah. which is a public uh, public college, yeah. but uh, really close to Trinity in yeah. uh, the Fraser Valley. And so about and in the music department, so about half of your students were like atheist, liberal, queer, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then about half of them were like, I went to this private school in the Christian school, like really, really um, yeah. conservative Christian. I remember a group of us of, you know, mixed backgrounds all went for lunch somewhere close by and we were walking back. And somehow the topic of like gay marriage had come up because it had only been at that point, I think it had been legalized for like two years, maybe. Yeah, this was at this point because I think it was 2005, yeah. right? So yeah, it might have been like only two years. And so, and one of the people in our group was at that point because I can say things about a lot of people in that group now. Uh, at that point, was the only like <laughs> openly gay person in that group, and they're talking about how like being like gay, you're it's fine if you have those thoughts, but how many of them were just so staunchly by like, but yeah, but you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't get married. You shouldn't be allowed to get and saying yeah. it to his yeah. face, yeah. but then also being like, we're friends, right? And he's like, what? I don't think we are. <laughs> what? And I've heard very similar things too, is like, well, you know, like, I think they should have their rights, but I still think it's a sin. 
you know. Yeah, or like, or I've also heard versions of, well, I think they should have some kind of civil union, but we won't call it marriage. Yeah. Like, As if the word marriage is an explicitly Christian word. It's Why not. Right. Marriage was invented by God. It really it wasn't. It super wasn't. It really wasn't. Yeah. And <laughs> spend five minutes doing some research. Yeah, like, <laughs> And it was interesting too going to Trinity for me. Like I feel like with the administration and what the, a lot of professors like believed and kind of put on the community wasn't the same as what actually the students believed. Right. And even right. like I had some like sweet mates who were like, "Oh yeah, I have a new person in my orientation group for like new students, and like he lives you know downtown with his boyfriend or whatever." And then people were like, "What? Why is he allowed to go here?" And she's like, "Why wouldn't he be allowed to?" Kind of just very like matter mm-hmm. of fact like. Yeah. So what do you you know? Not accepting gay people or something. Yeah. Um, so are you saying gay people don't deserve to have education? Yeah, exactly. Or? And I love that because at the time yeah. I was like, yeah, cool. Like, good for you. Like, yeah. kind of just almost like challenging in a way that was like very matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And then also like the year I was there as well, the the editor of our school newspaper came out in the, his last right, issue. Right, right. And it was like, peace. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um so I feel like the community there, as far as the students, were always way more accepting of it than oh, the yeah. older folk of course, who yeah. were the administrations and, and running it. So much often sense, the you case, know? Yeah. And I don't know what the community there is like now. And it's not to say it was like super accepting or whatever, but, course, but I think But there's that, layers to it. Yeah, yeah. I think that by the time I was going there was like twenty ten, people were starting to actually accept, you know, more Mm-hmm. like queer people within the church yeah. and you have what the administration is saying and exactly like the older people yeah. and the you know quote adults <laughs> are saying but like especially with a private school especially with a christian school yeah how many of those students were given that school as their only option right or one of yeah. their only options but all those options happen to be you know private christian universities okay. yeah. these are the exactly. only schools you can go to so doesn't mean they're not you know a b c d whatever of yeah. groups that aren't accepted ABCD. Yeah. but you know i'm a c i don't know sorry <laughs> um yeah yeah it, i have nothing for that sorry <laughs> well we sort of touched on it a little bit then going into more you mentioned like this bible verse specifically mm-hmm. so um the biblical justification for a purity culture which we've sort of just kind of like glossed over, glossed yeah. over i think because none of us want to justify it yeah and i guess it's not us justifying yeah, it, but how but is the bible used for yeah for justifying or like just like christian doctrine like used for right. justifying purity culture because it comes from somewhere yeah yeah and and i think we should we should mention that anybody who is uh, honestly and who's honestly approaching the bible from an honest viewpoint will acknowledge that there are some problematic things in there mm-hmm. and there are ways to interpret it that are less problematic. But I don't think any, I don't think anybody who is looking at it accurately, unless you're approaching it from a biblical literalism standpoint, which is a very, very difficult standpoint to take. There's some things in the Bible that are like, this is, this is difficult and problematic and it needs to be acknowledged and approached that way. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a Bible verse here that okay. is one of the ones they used to, talk about purity culture which is first thessalonians 4 3 to 8 i believe so this is the niv version which whatever um. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how i feel about it yeah uh-huh. well. <laughs> it is god's will that you should be sanctified that you should avoid a sexual immorality that each of you should learn to control your own body in a way that is holy and honorable not in passionate lust like the pagans who do not know god 
And that is the matter that no one should wrong or take advantage of, a brother or sister. The Lord will punish all those who commit such sins, as was told you and warned you before. For God did not call us to be impure, but to live a holy life. Therefore, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but God, the very God who gives you his Holy Spirit. Fucking Paul. But even even that though is like that you can see how they could use that to justify it. But there's there's nothing in there that's explicitly well, I mean there is some stuff, I guess, but there's not it, it's not necessarily and therefore it's not an equal one to one. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not an equal one to one with purity culture. Let's I mean, I can understand it being used as part of your biblical and uh, justification but it's not exactly like it's not a through line like yeah. you have to jump through some hoops I mean, first when you're talking about christian culture it's very different than when christian christianity yeah christian yeah, religion sure. yeah and like like we talked about before this idea of like purity or immorality like there was no like distinct lines exactly it was kind mm-hmm. of like vague right. open to interpretation you kind of decided what rules maybe like suited you in your own Kind of like some people I know had their parents who set out rules for them, boundaries mm-hmm. as far as like what age you had to be when you dated or like how late you were allowed to be out with like someone of the like opposite gender, right. mm-hmm. like whether allowed you have doors open in your house to like prevent these things, yeah. these things from happening. Yeah. You know? Which I mean, I guess I can understand limits of that, but yeah. I mean, being a parent's hard. I'm not going to like pretend it isn't but yeah and not to say people who aren't christians wouldn't have these rules no of course yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like it was always taken to more of an extreme christian like friends that i had so did we talk about lot recently or is that just me and olivia (laughs) i don't i don't know because we talk about like the ambiguousness of like the sexual morality yeah, like yeah, that yeah. too. Oh and yeah, like, like right. I mean, like the men were all going to come in yeah. and they were going to take the these two men who were the angels and they were going to have sex with them and this because oh. they were like, yeah. and Lot was like, no, no. But here, what if you had my daughters? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like I. That's fine. That's fine. And Lot gets yeah. to be in his daughters and everybody's family get to, you know, leave Sodom and Gomorrah safely. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the fact that that verse is used as like, and that's why being gay is wrong. It's right. like, like, okay, uh, that's not what the sin of Sodom then, was, first yeah, right. of all. And then his daughters also got him drunk so they could, they you know, could have fuck their them. dad's yeah. babies. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. They wanted to fuck yeah. their dad and have it's his weird. babies. They wanted oh, yeah. their kids that's to what, be both that's their what children I mean is, and their siblings. The Bible is filled with weird stories. Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any getting around it. And it wasn't until I was really in my first year of Bible college where like you had to take New Testament class and Old right. Testament class where you actually had to mm-hmm. read the whole Bible that I was like mm-hmm. oh no one actually knows what's in the Bible because no. oh, I didn't absolutely. learn yeah. these stories when no. I was a kid and it's really like some really effed up crap but also oh, yeah. like I went back to church the next year knowing that I knew more than almost everyone else there mm-hmm. as far as like what was actually <laughs> yeah, in the absolutely. Bible and what would the theology like was and yeah and that's wildly. like I don't I'm going to talk about theology again. (laughs) I mean, this is one of the difficult, this is one of the things that I find problematic of, of an approach to theology. That is all, all you have to do is say yes to Jesus and you're good because I mean, you can, as far as salvation, believe that that's the trick case or don't I, whatever. But the, 
end result of that is, is if you don't go any further than that is you can justify anything without actually justifying anything. Like you can, you can believe whatever the fuck you want without actually acknowledging what it is you're saying you believe. Like, because people say, Oh, I'm a Christian because I said yes to Jesus. But it's like, I've, they've read what, like two verses in the Bible that they have memorized from the new international version. Exactly. um, The Corinthians verse that you, say your wedding yeah exactly that's it it's like the people that have the like only god can judge me tattoos and yeah. I'm like and he is but he is yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure and I'm like because have you looked at anything else other than being like god only yeah god, only god can judge me like exactly and, and there's no approach to like dick. where why do we believe these things where yeah. do they come from what is the history the behind it what's the context of it, yeah. of it? Mm-hmm. and very often it is like oh we take what paul says as you know the, the word of god thing yeah and it's like yeah. well did jesus say any things if you look at it no yeah this is yeah. and this like is something jesus didn't say anything about jesus was some radical yeah. leftist this like, is exactly it's <laughs> something that that i find slightly irritating about um a, a certain amount of doctrine in and this is something that is one of the rare things that kind of straddles both catholicism and protestantism i can't speak to orthodoxy or a kind of other, other christianities but for catholicism and a lot of protestantism they're basing so much of their theology off of Paul who never met the man mm-hmm, at, mm-hmm. at the expense of what Peter was saying. Like there's times in the Bible where it's very clear there was an argument between Peter and Paul. Mm-hmm. And there's also times when that happens, it's clear that Peter won the argument within his community by the way that Paul is addressing it. But yeah. we're so far removed from that context that we're looking at Paul as if he knew Jesus personally and as if he had a direct line to God. Yeah. Right. And using that as a doctrinal basis, which is like, I, I mean, you can use it or you don't use it, but understand that that is the context you're getting yeah. it from. And also like cherry picking what we think is like the most important thing. Like as yeah. part yeah, of exactly. like sexual immorality. Well, like the Bible also said women need to cover their head and we weren't allowed to eat like pork and things like that. But yeah. Christians don't care about that stuff because they can't use it to basically control people. Yeah. Yeah, and that's definitely. really what I think like, unfortunately people have used purity culture they've like weaponized it control sure. specifically sure. women you of know? Course. yeah for so. sure um and and to a lesser extent queer folks i exactly, think um yeah. because they use it as the idea of purity as a, a weapon against anybody who is straying from their version of purity yeah exactly. um which is basically cuts out everybody except for straight guys <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> yeah. and even then it's a little uh, iffy yeah but um also infantilizes them and, exactly yeah, oh, yeah. And there's um this is something that we've brought up a couple times in our podcast and it's something that Valen brought up but the idea of purity culture has leached into the theology of like there's a lot of people who are queer and trans Christians who have maintained their faith but literally it's just like they came out and they're like well this part I don't agree with but everything else is fine and they've maintained so much of it including mm-hmm. aspects of purity culture yeah and and we've talked about the idea of side A and side B um, approaches to mm-hmm. queer Christianity, um, which are basically they come from a, a, an, a, an early website that is now called the Queer Christ, Queer Christian Network. It used to be called the Gay Christian Network, but they basically there's it's two approaches to sexuality um, for queer people. One is abstinence and celibacy. One is fully embracing your sexuality mm-hmm. and um, your and your relationships. Um, and there's a lot of people who have taken that purity culture and just like wrapped it in a little bit different clothing. So it's a little more queer friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, but is still actually quite inherently homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think it's obvious to say that your views have changed since yeah. um, growing up in this culture. Yeah. Um, would you consider yourself still a Christian? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. And so how can you tell us how your views have shifted away from your the views that you held as a person who was in the midst of Christianity and then leaving the church? Yeah, because I, you know, I was quite strongly involved in all these things, like mm-hmm. I said before, mm-hmm. Christian University. I actually worked at the church for a bit um, as a youth person. I actually thought about becoming a youth pastor. Mm. I almost went down that road. Um, Many as of, of us have been tempted by <laughs> yeah. the call of the youth pastor. <laughs> I was like, Catholics don't have youth pastors, well, <laughs> but I was still like, maybe I should. Part of it was I didn't like how there wasn't a lot of women leadership in right, youth right. spaces, yeah. and I was like, I need to be, you know, an influential woman. That never ended up happening, which I'm fine with. For me, it was kind of like this slow process. I get maybe not slow, but this just like walking away from the church partly because i never like i said i had all these kind of different faith churches that i kind of like dipped my toe into and growing up my dad um was in, in bible college and he always taught us to kind of like question theology into mm, i know. love that yeah yeah mm. he's a he's a middle child so he's very much like let's Ooh. see both perspectives <laughs> <laughs> let's see this from the other side rachel and i are both yeah. middle children yeah. as well. yeah. <laughs> i don't know anything Some about that <laughs> strong middle child energy yeah yeah so i feel like i even yeah at times where i kind of felt like iffy about things even when same-sex marriage was like becoming legalized in canada i had some old lady who came to our church who wasn't even go to our church but she came for like a concert or something she's like here's a button we need to stop this blah blah and i remember being like deeply uncomfortable because i was mm. like what uh like this feels too extreme to me yeah. why know? does this affect you so deeply exactly and it was one of those things where at the time i was just like well m- maybe i agree with it maybe i don't but like who cares if they, who cares if whatever. gay people get married you know like even if i don't believe this from like a religious standpoint so it's things like that that like slowly felt like more like uncomfortable by certain things that were taught and then kind of seeing how things like were kind of like an extreme like meeting people who were like oh I w- i'm not gonna like kiss until i'm married i'm just like something about that seems weird even though when i was probably like 16 i was probably like oh yeah i'm not gonna kiss until i'm engaged or something like that right but that didn't like i didn't really didn't pan out no no <laughs> not that i like made out with a lot of people when i was younger but you know no, like i was just like Oh yeah, that sounds cool. That sounds cool if I could do that. But then I was just like, but there comes a point where you're like, why? Yeah, it's kind of like, do I actually want to do this? What's the purpose of it? Like, no, like I want to kiss people. That sounds fun. (laughs) Um, Sounds neat. Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of the the last time I remember going to a church. I really just kept trying to go after I graduated university, even though. Like I said, my university was more conservative and I was like, I don't know if I believe this stuff anymore. Mm. Um, I still try to go to church for the community aspect of things and to have f- friends and, and things like that. And I remember just feeling really like awkward, like, I don't know if I belong here anymore. Right. And the very last church service I remember going to like on my own, they were teaching some sort of like sexual ethics sermon where they're like you should wait till you're married to have sex or something like that and i thought the church i was going to was like a little bit more progressive and i was just like i don't know if i want to i don't mm. know if i care about this stuff anymore like right. mm. it's 
like I just want to, you know, have sex and do these things. Yeah. And not right. that I had anyone at the time to do that with, but I remember just thinking like, I don't know if I want to wait. Like what's, you know, the to what don't end. really understand. Exactly. The value like, yeah. And it, especially if, if, if you're not sure that you even believe the foundation of that anymore, mm-hmm. then yeah. it's like, why, why, I'm going to wait until I'm ready with that person, but that's all I yeah. really need to do. And sometimes maybe that's right away. Maybe it's not. I don't yeah, know. Like sex seems fun. So yeah. why not? And I, mm-hmm. I still kind of had this belief of like, oh, maybe I want to be in love or maybe I want to be like really serious with this person. Like it Nothing wasn't like I was going on Tinder the next yeah. day or anything, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was yeah. like, right. <laughs> <laughs> although I didn't end up meeting my boyfriend on Tinder, but you know, <laughs> cute. <laughs> um, um, not that we're together now, but you know, the person that I ended up having like intercourse with for the first time time you know that word bumps me up but i know (laughs) (laughs) i hate it too but it's part of me is like i feel like i have to specify a little bit yeah because it's like this idea of virginity and we didn't even talk about that that's a whole other thing thing. but this i do another thing that you probably influenced me when you're younger you're like virginity is a social construct i'm like i don't know what social construct is but (laughs) this is what my like teenage junior high years were like nick would just say random things to me like women are second class citizens and then i'd be like i don't know what you're talking about but okay (laughs) to clarify i was calling that out i wasn't saying saying it but at the time i was like you know being a woman's not that bad i'm just uh you know girl living her life and whatever grade <laughs> yeah. seven or eight and never thinking about feminism and then mm. he would say things like that and I was a little like, baby what? activist yeah basically um <laughs> yeah so it was really cool as a teenager <laughs> <laughs> incredibly cool <laughs> yeah so we're really going with the concept of virginity yeah the virginity yeah, yeah, the virginity, yeah so yeah. right virginity is like counted as like penetration people are like the, what can i get away with before that like, exactly so by those definitions technically depending on what you're into especially lesbians exactly could just remain virgins, virgins their entire forever. life exactly so you're whole technically you know you you can be a it's possible it's possible you can be pure you could <laughs> be yeah. <laughs> yeah biblically pure biblically pure <laughs> famously lesbians <laughs> biblically pure it's true yeah so i <laughs> i feel like i kind of walked away from this idea of virginity and was like well it's a social contract anyway so whatever mm-hmm. yeah and, and like kind of based around the idea of women yeah. as a commodity almost right? exactly yeah and so i ended up just kind of like you know having sex with the person who i was stranger with. oh <laughs> i mean eventually i got there Let's but go. you know, <laughs> you know. Um, nothing wrong with that just clarify yeah with the person who i was with who we were in love i guess i don't know he told me he loved me after like three weeks we were in love i guess you should oh, see the face on rachel the face on rachel rachel the face okay. rachel is making it's because he told me he loved me after like two or three weeks of dating which was a huge red flag by the way didn't see that at the time though. right but um right. That's some kind of lesbian move yeah. <laughs> what are you a lesbian? Yeah. So it was like after that, I was okay, like, "Hey guys, were like six months later. It's too soon." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, I was like, "Well, I just want to do this, you know." And up to that point, I'd already done other sexual things that, mm. like, you could say technically I was a virgin if you subscribe to those things, S&M. which I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so it was kind of like, well, this just feels like the natural next step of like, well, right. I've right. already been with other people with my clothes off and we've already done xyz why not like just get to the part that is like you know yeah 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 Yeah. i i don't want to say the word penetration because it's weird (laughs) oh that's even worse than intercourse (laughs) yeah i don't know how to talk about this no you're right there's a lot of words associated with like the term (laughs) intercourse (laughs) penetration (sighs) my favorite quote from the first half of 50 shades of gray 
which just reminded me of just like that words the it was her saying something about if we make love to which his response is i don't make love i fuck (laughs) 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 pause and just like scream at the walls of her yeah i (laughs) everything everything about it this is another one from make love. I can't tell if this is the worst writing in the world or the best writing in the world. I hate it. Oh, it's, it's, so, <laughs> it's, it's so, so awful, but it's... <laughs> but in the best way, almost. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I've never, like, watched those movies or read the books, but I feel oh like I God. would do in, like, a hate kind of way. Like, oh, that's the only way we watch kind yeah. of yeah, movies. Yeah, exactly. Like, I've been, like, listening to the Bridgerton books, and it's the same kind of thing. I'm like, I hate these, but I'm going to keep listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a hate watch thing, but like it's entertaining yeah. when you just stop and go, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he look like Nick? <laughs> <laughs> Thank Full you. Circle. <laughs> I love being compared to characters in movies that you hate. It's my fate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, to be fair, said that he's worse than you. True. Well, creepy. Like that, like that implies that like you're that already I know. creepy. Well, that was my favorite thing about the creepy. message. <laughs> it's like creepier. <laughs> creepier than it implying that there's a level of creepy that i'm employing you know how nick is just like notoriously real creepy super creep Mm -hmm. super creepy sorry (laughs) just sorry (laughs) it's a kind of it's such a strange concept when you think about for any length of time yeah yeah and it is like i like and the reason uh, the reason i said that like it kind of comes down to women as a commodity is because like so much of it is based in cultures previously where it's like the your virginity was kind of like a part of the deal of my marriage yeah. like marriage wasn't really a it was more like a business transaction between yeah. a man and a woman's father kind of thing uh, so so often in a lot of and still a lot of, a lot of current to an extent mm-hmm. for sure yeah and the people like like i have an arranged marriage coming up sure and yeah i have a doctor's appointment where the doctor is going to check to see if i'm a virgin uh, yeah, 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 yeah like i've heard a lot of that oh and, and the like fathers religious or ex-religious uh tiktok mm-hmm. right fathers who are yeah. obsessed with their daughter's virginity it's super creepy for one yeah. thing oh was there talk like about creepy musician or somebody yeah who, who, was, who that? was that who was in the news in the last couple of years whatever because he would go to all of his doctor his daughter's doctor's appointments to with make her. sure that she was and a virgin. the one thing was that to make sure he'd make sure the doctor would check to see if she was a virgin which is super Which you like creepy. can't really do. Well, oh, like, that's the thing. There's a lot of like medical misinformation when it comes to like the hymen and like. Yeah. Yeah. There's no such like, thing as physical virginity. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and even the concept itself is based in an idea of of purity, of like having a pure untarnished, untarnished product. It has yeah. no like basis in a woman is a, because yeah. it's always applies to women. Like nobody gives a fuck about men who yeah. are, have had sex or not had sex. I mean, no except, in like, except in like, except in like 90s teen movies where it's like, yeah. we're all virgins. Let's all fuck before the end of the movie. Yeah. That, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we all got to fuck before graduation. Yeah, exactly. Also T.I. T.I. Yeah. yeah. Nah, fucker. I didn't hear about this. It's really it was gross. gross. Yeah, yeah, that is gross. The daughter is like traumatized for life. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I, it's such a it's a it's just a bizarre concept when you give it any amount of thought, and yeah. it's gross. Like, who cares? I'm like, and what are you gonna do if you find out find out that yeah, she's not? Do? And what does it matter? And to what you? does like, it matter? I, like, also, maybe she, you know, went trail riding this last weekend. Yeah, horseback riding. Yeah, and fuck the one in the woods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was gonna get. That's what you're getting at, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> well, got, oh, um, other yeah. other least favorite words here. She's got you know railed behind a tree stump. <laughs> railed. I love the word railed. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> <Railed>. <laughs> so funny to me. 
<laughs> railed. Just sidetracking a little bit. Um, do you mind telling us a little bit about like how you're? I mean, this is all kind of tied together for you. Like the the uh, leaving purity culture and leaving Christianity kind of came as a package deal. Yeah, I, I know. Think so. uh, um, uh, could you maybe tell us a little bit of how your views around religion and spirituality have um, mm. maybe evolved or disappeared? Or yeah, so I feel like I never really like ever rejected this idea that there like maybe could be like a god or gods or like kind of like mm-hmm. universal kind of like whatever you want to call that a spirit energy yeah. yeah i feel like i've always was like so steeped in that i always felt like there was something there but i just don't necessarily know if like christianity was like the only way to get there sure, so now yeah. i kind of feel like i'm a little bit like you know if you have a religion, as long as it's not harming other people or yourself, then right. that could be a way to, you know, um, salvage. Yeah, or whatever could be like that. Is that if that's that connection that you have sure. to yeah. whatever it is you want to call that, then like that's great. I think for me, it's like I'm more along the lines of like spiritual witchy kind of like divine feminine kind of like okay, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. thing. So I. Rachel's always kind of been a hippie, so that feels like a through Rachel, line to me. Yeah. Rachel also showed up with a black mug that says Witch's Brew is wearing <laughs> yeah, a shirt that has an astrological chart on it. So it <laughs> Did I also see a crystal on your wrist? Yeah, I have a yes. crystal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also appreciate that brand. you're we're both wearing like plaid shirts just to represent Alberta a little bit. I guess. I thought it was the bisexual uniform or something. Uh, also that. Yeah. <laughs> Bisexuality. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, there's blue and purple. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> I put an on outfit. I'm like, does this make me look like a lesbian? And like, do I want to look that way? I'm like, kind of. <laughs> Can we and I have had this discussion? <laughs> yeah. When Kiyomi used to like, would just like bring a, a yeah. plaid along just yeah. in case they needed to look particularly lesbian or like I yeah. need to look gayer. In this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gay. <laughs> <laughs> For the longest time, Nick and I had the joke of just we looked alike because. Your hair is very short right now. Yeah. I'm Nick growing looks my like hair out, but we had like the sure. same hair for a long time <laughs> yeah. and we just dressed exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We would show up, the number of events we would show up wearing like the same outfits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kiyomi once went as me for Halloween and yeah. it was uncanny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll put it okay, on. It we'll, put, we'll put the on photo the on our yeah. Yeah. On the Instagram stories. Or yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. So, yeah, more of like a witchy type person sure, i guess yeah, you could yeah. say <laughs> i believe in cr- crystals and like tarot cards and yeah try to celebrate like pagan holidays mm-hmm. when i can all that witchy shit yeah <laughs> i feel like honestly to me it feels like a deeper connection to like more ancient spirituality that yeah. my ancestors would have right pre-christianity um i think that's why a lot of people are drawn to like kind of neo-paganism and metaphysical yeah. religions and things yeah. like that it's a similar thing it's like yeah. this feels more ancient and more in line with how i think yeah, we uh, Olivia, I think, so, sent us a video of someone talking about um, colonialism and white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And this person is going to say it way better than I ever could because it's a much longer video. But basically, talks about like the like shunning of non-white cultures and traditional practices and religions and like mm-hmm. where it comes from. And it's with colonialism and the patriarchy is like with that came the cost of white cultures and their yeah actual cultures and their mm-hmm. traditions because there's no yeah. culture of white white yeah exactly, right yeah and in exactly what you just said right is like this deeper connection back to your actual 
ancestral roots because when i left the church and then eventually found myself just sort of looking for something spiritual to grab onto whether it's self you know subconsciously um and the areas that i was the biggest area i was drawn to was celtic pagan Mm -hmm. spirituality yeah because on one half of my family i am welsh background and then a lot of other things that i realized i had always just sort of held true a lot of beliefs that are hold with the um japanese tradition of shintoism mm-hmm. and went oh <laughs> so once i took myself away from this like narrative you know the narrative yeah. of like the white colonial blending everything together hodgepodge yeah it all went back to where my family is from where my ancestry ancestral roots go and that's yeah really awesome yeah. just like yeah it's cool when i hear that from other people and be like mm-hmm. that's why i like german poets and philosophers so much. <laughs> yeah no um yeah. The, the the video was actually really good it yeah. really we'll share that one yeah too. we can share that yeah. as well um it it highlighted in a really great way something that i've heard a few times but it's it basically the concept the concept of whiteness by its very nature erases cultures right mm-hmm. like the idea that mm-hmm. it's like and that's why you hear debates like you, there was a debate recently about whether re- white um asian people qualify as white and the reason is that whiteness expands and contracts in order to subjugate other people yeah, and if right. if the best way to subjugate it like in the case of the united states for instance it's to subjugate black and indigenous people is to encompass Asian people, then whiteness will expand to include Asian people or East Asian people, Interesting. you know? Um, and, and so the idea of whiteness is it expands and erases the cultures, other cultures as it goes. And then when it reaches its peak, it'll start contracting and getting rid of people. Like that's how the nature of white, what the nature of whiteness is. And yeah. a way to get out of that is to embrace your own personal history as much as we can look back at your history and say, okay, this is what my ancestors believed. This is how my ancestors lived and thought. Mm. Maybe I can gain something from that. Maybe I can look at my roots. Maybe not necessarily, you're not necessarily going back to Germanic paganism in my case, Mm -hmm. because that's not the way I think. And that's not the way my worldview is, but I can take aspects of, and I have, and I've realized that my family has maintained aspects of German culture in their time in Canada. But uh, looking back at you, you do have a culture and the culture is not whiteness. Whiteness erases culture. You can look, you have to go outside of whiteness to embrace your culture. And, and that doesn't have to exclude Christianity, by the way, because whiteness and Christianity Mm -hmm. don't have Mm -hmm. to be tied together. I know they often are, especially in a North American context because of the ways that colonialism and white supremacy have utilized Christianity to subjugate Mm -hmm. um, and to maintain power. But Spoiler alert, there's no white people in the Bible. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Certainly none of the main characters, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and because Christianity actually has much, much deeper roots than whiteness. As you were saying, there's no white people in the Bible. And the earliest Christians were not white. And no. some of the oldest Christian churches are in Africa. Yeah. And yeah. are decidedly oh, not yeah. white. Yeah. Um, so Christianity and colonialism don't have to be tied together, even though they often are in a, a white in a the context of white supremacy and colonialism in North America and other parts of the world as well. But yeah, but they don't have to be. So what I'm saying is like you can and you can keep some of what your values are and, and your beliefs are. You don't have to completely get rid of them. Look outside of the context that you were living, though. Look mm. back, embrace your past, embrace your or at least acknowledge it because some of it's gross. 
acknowledge yep. it if it is right. and then move on i like yeah i i agree i like i love that you're like looking back into his like your scandinavian roots or whatever and yeah. saying hey this is something that like aligns with my worldview i'm gonna kind of embrace that mm-hmm. part of mm-hmm. as much as i can because so much of it has been erased right and yeah. so some of it is trying to rebuild a lot of uh, uh kind of um neo-paganism and metaphysical uh spirituality and and sort of new new versions of uh, paganism polytheism mm-hmm. and spirituality and stuff are their attempts at rebuilding what has once been lost yeah and i think there's something really uh, even though i don't uh, like think the same way that I, I don't think i don't view the world in the same way i think yeah. there's something really beautiful in that yeah. yeah and um it just feels to me like more like accessible as well in the sense there's not like rules mm. of like oh you need to do abc mm. to be this mm-hmm religion it's kind of like oh you want to go and put your feet in the grass and like touch this tree and feel like it's giving you some sort of like touch grass specific energy yeah <laughs> then so that's like an ongoing <laughs> thing for us <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah no yeah. exactly Actually, there isn't like a set yeah thing. yeah or if yeah. you feel like you're getting a message from the universe by seeing a specific bird then like that's great if it's yeah. like a positive thing that again like isn't harming other people yeah. And some people really like the rules. Some people want need some kind of structure. Oh, sure. And oh, yeah. and there is there is something beautiful about like ritualization and, and a community that mm-hmm. embraces the same traditions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it also is not the only way. And yeah. and I think there's ways to do that that are not harmful as well. I mean it like like you say, it's it's all about finding something that works for you that helps you connect to the divine in the way that you need yeah. to or mm-hmm. or whatever whatever your worldview is. Yeah. Um and in a way that doesn't harm yourself or others. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or the world, the yeah. environment. Yeah. Preferably. Exactly. Preferably. <laughs> yeah. All of this yeah. said and done, <laughs> how has all of this, like with the, the upbringing, everything you've learned, all of your discoveries informed who you are now? Like what's. Yeah. So I feel like it's something that I'm still kind of trying to work through and just being like more accepting of my own body and kind mm-hmm. of like this, like um, sexual being and being kind of like okay with that in a lot of sense and even like thinking about my like own sexuality and like what kind of like labels I want for myself Mm. it's still kind of like something I struggle with a little bit and I also had this realization very recently with like a partner that I have is that like when I kind of try to like initiate any sort of sexual thing and get rejected it feels like personally like a huge rejection Mm. of Mm. me because Mm. I was taught like well men will always desire you and it's really up to you to have to be the one to say no because men are always going to you know have more sexual desires than you spoiler alert men are more complicated than that yeah exactly and i really like multifaceted human being exactly and so i find kind of feel like yeah it unfortunately for me made me feel like this very kind of narrow view of of men yeah. specifically and so you know when i've encountered that kind of like oh well maybe i actually have more d- sexual desires than my part like you know right. current sexual right. partner who's a man then it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me because i'm not as desirable mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. again going back to the fact that women were very much seen as objects yeah. and and this was a very very recent realization that was like oh yeah this kind of like it's kind of screwed me up a little bit, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. not that oh I didn't think God, that before, yeah. you know, because I do think that like some good aspects of the way I was brought up was that, you know, I did wait a long time to kiss and have sex and all these other things that I feel like 
it made me more comfortable and confident in who I was as a person right. because I wasn't sure, yeah. having sex when I was like 15 years old, like some people do, yeah. and then regretting it afterwards. There's nothing you wrong know? with waiting until you're ready. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. you should yeah. wait till you're ready. Yeah, and but, if that's yeah. 20 years, then that's wonderful. Yeah, exactly. So it's, the the only the only important detail of all of that is where, or not all of that, but you know, of the waiting, waiting. is waiting until you are ready. Yeah. Whether yeah. and your partner, of course, and your part, of course, and yeah. your consenting partner, no matter how long or short of time that is. Yeah. yeah. And I ended up being like 25, and I was like really glad that I had like discovered myself sexually and actually yeah. had, like learned to masturbate and all these other things because I did have like a good first experience, you know. And I don't think it would have been that way had I, mm-hmm. you know, right. been younger and, you know, not taught to like wait till you're ready things like that um Mm. even though i didn't wait till i was married you know yeah so i can still kind of see how it wait are you not married (laughs) (laughs) no even after that though i was kind of like well i still probably want to be like in love with this person forever and then spoiler i like didn't happen i ended up like (laughs) having lots of different right sure um and there was a little bit of a sense of guilt of like oh like am i just letting like my body control me or my lust like take over whatever because you still kind of think that way like oh am i thinking like yeah. with my genitalia and not it's, my mind you know right right it, it, it's, it would be ridiculous to just assume that because you're the way you think about purity or not yeah. uh intellectually has changed that your subconscious <laughs> part of your mind has also come along on that ride with you yeah, right exactly. it's, it, it's, it's ridiculous to just assume that like all of the switches will flip. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, yeah. Think, I think you're like, and it sucks. Your, your intellectual yeah. mind and you, like your emotional and even like uh, psychological, other psychological parts of your mind, they kind of all go at different paces. And so even though it's like, I understand this from an intellectual perspective, it's like, I don't really believe it yet. Yeah. I'm exactly. trying, I'm getting there. Yeah. And, there's, and sometimes you don't even realize that you're touching on those deep, like emotional of parts course, yeah. until mm-hmm. like they get there. Like, like mm-hmm. I said before with my, that like told me he loved me after three weeks i didn't even really see how problematic that relationship was until like a year or two ago right when i was like mm-hmm. actually starting to date someone else and i was like oh yeah all oh. these things are reminding me of my ex and actually this kind of and not in a positive way yeah, yeah. makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable yeah. or yeah. i realize there's some sort of like triggers or trauma there or whatever yeah. you know and so i think it's important to like acknowledge the ways that kind of these like cultural traumas i mean uh, people have different kinds of traumas and a lot of them are very individual but some of us uh, many of us have like cultural traumas from purity yeah. culture from yeah. heterosexual not well sometimes from heterosexual, <laughs> heterosexual. but from a heteronormative <laughs> uh, uh worldview and mm-hmm. like and a whole very homophobic anti-queer yeah culture uh you know those things have lasting impressions and sometimes even when we think that we've done the work of deconstructing as the term is often in evangelical evangelical circles mm-hmm. um of like of processing that and like and moving on sometimes we just haven't yet and sometimes yeah. i think it's something that yeah. many of us will be doing for the rest of our lives yeah like mm-hmm. like you're saying i mean there's times where it's like i thought i've moved on from the trauma of the closet but i fucking uh-huh. haven't yes. like when sometimes i'm walking no. down the street and i see like two men or two women or like whatever a queer couple holding hands and i'm like i get like teary-eyed and misty <laughs> i'm like okay there's something going on here that i haven't yeah, right? like not processed you're, like, get through. emotional scene like, you're like oh yeah, like, yeah exactly. I have this. I get excited <laughs> like, about it. Or it's like even like when there was a oh, an openly gay married 
man running for president um, a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That like, even though I didn't agree with him politically, I was like, that was an important moment for me because I was like, oh, oh, we can do great things. Like I knew that there's like, there are seeing queer people thriving in the world. Like it's something that, you know, intellectually, like this is something that can happen and should happen and does happen. But, but until we've completely processed, which I don't know that will ever be done. Mm -hmm. um, Some of these traumas like that, it's you kind of, every once in a while it catches you up and you kind of go, Oh, get knocks the wind out of you and you go, okay, I have not fully run this through yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And especially with something as like pervasive as like pure purity culture is Mm -hmm. within uh, like an evangelical context. Yeah. If you grew up Mm -hmm. in that culture, you're going to be processing that for a while. And like, Oh yeah. Sex was almost seen as like one of the most important things. Like if you can be a virgin on your wedding night, that was like, you almost like peak Christianity in a sense. So you were, you were seen, you were told that it was such as like valuable or important thing. And then yet you live in the society where it's women are objectified and devalued in a lot of ways. And, you know yeah and when in reality sex has the importance that you give it if it's important yeah. to yeah. you that yeah. you and your partner be in a committed relationship and that you be in love or whatever like that you have an emotional bond mm-hmm. then it holds that amount of uh, of importance for you if you are really just want to have a fun time and the other person is yeah. on the same page yeah. that's all the importance it needs to have for you like yeah. it really is a, a, a yeah. like a personal individualized yeah. thing mm-hmm. it's not like this like be all end all i mean yeah. I, there's so many people that like i know and that you and i knew from growing up who was like they got married super super young i mean bible college mm. we used to oh, call it yeah. bridal college because oh, yeah. of the number of our friends who used Ring to go there spring. and came back Ring engaged yeah. oh yeah because uh, like they're uh, because and it so much of it yeah. has to do with purity culture it's not yeah. that they're ready to get married it's just they yeah. wanted to fuck exactly yeah. adventist college university in washington walla walla university wwu it was known as western they called it western wedding university yeah because like you're gonna have a husband or at least yeah. a fiance by the time you get out of there and boy howdy most of them did and like if you yeah. if you look at like the town we grew up in people our age are married with like four kids oh yeah so yeah. many mm-hmm. of them yeah and that's like early 30s, you know, yeah. and because they were married when they were like early 20s. Yeah. yeah. Really, it was because like they want to have sex. And, and look, some the people of those people my age from my high school, my graduating class have yeah. like kids who are not just starting school, but are like in grades like four. Yeah. Grades five. I think I yeah. someone I know who's my age has a 12 year old. Yeah, that's insane to me that they they had two years after getting married. That's nuts. <laughs> I was like. Someone, Although we know people who definitely have kids right. that old. But, oh, yeah. Like, but then I also know like my best friend from high school. I think uh, we she got married. Her and her husband got married like a week before she turned 20. They uh-huh. only they wait and they waited 10 years to have kids. Wow. Then. Yeah. I was like, damn. Someone I know I babysat their newborn. They they got engaged when I think he was 16 or something. They got married. She was a little bit older. I think they got married like when he was like 19, 18 maybe. That's so crazy. They had a baby like almost right away. Yep. That baby is now like in university. Yeah, and I used nuts. to babysit this kid. That's and so I was nuts, like, yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, it's just it's just not a reason to get married, guys. Like, <laughs> no, and, and like good for those couples who've kind of like made it work. made it work. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Also, like 
divorce isn't necessarily any less prominent in Christian circles than right. it is oh. outside of that. And know? also, there's so much more shame associated. Oh yeah, absolutely. That. And I mean that that's probably a whole other topic. But <laughs> divorce, um, in the divorce in the church. But I mean, divorce is also doesn't have to be a shameful thing. Like no. I, I, I know. Uh, more than one couple who have like kind of like come to terms with things and said, Hey, this isn't working. And I think it's best for you and I and our family if we part ways. Mm-hmm. And that uh, to me, that's an incredibly mature. It's, it's so immature to oh think that God. I can fight through this no matter what. It's yeah. super mature to say, Hey, this isn't working. And we just, I think it's just in everybody's best interest if yeah. we part ways, if you can fight through it, and you come out on the other side stronger together. That's wonderful. But some people can't and they acknowledge that and then they split up and that's what's best for them. Mm-hmm. And we should stop shaming people, I, I, especially in Christian circles. But I think in the world in general, there, we have this very negative, dim view of divorce, even though almost half of all marriages end that way. And we just need to like, we just have such a weird, I, th- I think part is so much of this is tied to the idea of purity culture too, because it's like you wait for that one person Oof. Mm-hmm. You marry that one person and you're with that one person until the end of time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I look at this, like half the people that I went to high school with that all got married really young. How about half of them are all still married to their partners with kids, whatever seemed to be just fine. About half of them got divorced. Attract. Usually within five to the five to eight year mark, because something that Olivia and I have actually talked about is think about how much you have changed as a person between just the ages of 20 and 30. And that age, especially like fresh out of high school until you are about like late twenties, early thirties is such a hugely important transitional time. Like you're changing so much in that time. And to think that, to, to expect that everyone in your circle, anyone who's close to you is going to grow in, at this in the same way and at the same rate that you are yeah Mm -hmm. and i think that's not the only reason but what a lot of you know a contributing factor to a lot of that's there's i can see this distinct point when Mm -hmm. we're like Mm -hmm. oh you guys aren't together anymore yeah oh because they you know graduated high school they went to grad school their lives changed they became different people and they went oh shit i don't like you <laughs> or well you know, yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. i'm not a marriage counselor yeah. i didn't talk to them but. And, and i think yeah. that it, those relationships can work like you can yeah. get married oh, young yeah. and it can work but you have to be willing to understand that you're going to change and exactly. you're both going to change and you may not change in the same ways at the same rate yeah. i think if you can acknowledge those things and you can make it work then power to you that's great oh, yeah. i know people who are still married that were married very young and they may continue to be married for yeah. a long oh, yeah. time that's wonderful if you can make that work and everybody's happy and that's great but that's not the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I'm like, if, if you're like, if you're high school sweethearts and that you, and you got married and you're still together, I, I mean, not again, not that that can't work, but like, just be careful and, and understand that you're changing and like yeah. acknowledge that because like you can't stay stagnant because it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. It's important. If you can, that's why a lot of people find it important to like have more relationships, mm-hmm. whether short term or long term, whatever. And until they find a right fit, like yeah. there, there's a reason for that, and the reason isn't that they're just being a hoe bag, like, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> but it might be. I mean, it it yeah. could be. Well, there's nothing wrong with and being a hoe bag. Not that either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying, the like, some people. Yeah. But I mean, I, you yeah. know, like you're changing and you're learning yeah. about yourself, and so one of the ways people do that is by being in different relationships. Yeah. It doesn't have to be the only way, but it is a way, 
and as you get older, you also realize that the time that before, if you decide that you're going to get married, if you're the kind of marrying type, this is a time where you start a relationship to when you decide you're going to get married starts to shorten because you're like, I know what I'm looking for because I've done this um, yeah. like 10 times already and I know what I want and what I don't want. And maybe you've come to the realization that it's like, I don't actually know if I want to get married at all. And that's great. Yeah. Like it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. Right. Olivia and I, here? both people who didn't think we were people who were going to get married. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be 35 when we get married. Now you have a marriage podcast. And now I have a podcast <laughs> well, about a being, wedding podcast. Yeah. About impending marriage. Yes. <laughs> It happens. Yeah, it happens. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. Well, that was a, that was an episode. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I feel mean, like we have so much more to talk about. Right. Too. I was like, oh, I feel like okay. we all have processing to do after this. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking but, about that coming in here, too. And I was like, oh, I feel like I could talk for like hours yeah. Yeah. and not for have sure. enough and not have said enough. Oh, we, well, I know. we'll have uh, next time. Maybe when we have Olivia back um maybe sure, sometime next more. season we can have uh, another episode mm-hmm. follow-up episode because i yeah. know olivia had things to say oh yeah and if she's got stuff a person who did not grow up religious but grew yeah. up around it in the okanagan mm-hmm. mm. yeah has stories yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah but yeah yeah Whew. well thank you rachel thanks for coming in today and yeah chatting with us walk a whole block to get here yeah it was I know. a super hard trek <laughs> straight <ways. laughs> it's really out of your way <laughs> Um, I did only have four hours of sleep. So, you know. <laughs> well, you were very articulate busy, busy for having four yeah. hours yeah. in particular. Um, uh, did you have anything you want to plug? Any uh, social media or events or anything like that? Where can people find you if you want them to find you? Yeah. So now I work in Vancouver as a doula postpartum, mostly helping families after they've given birth. Mm. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at wildwood underscore doula. Great. Cool. Great. Um, oh, I forgot to tell you about this part, but we do recommendations. Um, so if you have something to recommend. With, with, there's no rules. No rules. Um, so does anybody have any recommendations for the week? I totally forgot to think of mine again. So I got to process here for a second. I have one. Um, okay, and it's it. related. Um, and it's short, but it's good. It is a blog post from 2013 by the late, great Rachel Held Evans. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, and I pulled it up so I can get the title right, but it's a blog her. post, Sex and the Path of Holiness. Mm. And it's, I think, related to other stuff she's written, but um, blog post basically about how, like, a person of faith and a person, and but, like, does not believe that sex, you know, waiting for sex defines sacredness right. or holiness and, in fact, is despite the fact that she waited does not believe that you need to or should wait. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. Rachel Held Evans, like Mm -hmm. rest in peace. She was a a really, um, really wonderful woman Mm -hmm. who had some really, um, beautiful approaches to theology and had just a very compassionate heart for justice. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I didn't even like talk about the fact that certain like bloggers and Oh yeah, that's Christian a whole. Oh. People kind of like influenced how my viewpoints yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've heard uh, yeah. about Joshua Harris's like yeah. whole situation. Oh my right? gosh, yeah. we could talk about that. <laughs> he actually has a podcast now with someone who I went to university with. Oh really? <laughs> I went to Africa with. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Weird. So Joshua Harris just uh, quickly wrote <laughs> wrote a really yeah. really important book for purity culture called he "I Kiss Dating." He invented purity culture. You know, in a sense, <laughs> oh like God. it's called "I Kiss Dating Goodbye." He had yeah. a follow up one as well oh, uh, that was similar. I remember that book just being like still a pure huge or display at the uh, yeah. 
Christian bookstore oh, in yeah. Abbotsford. Oh yeah, it was like very like, prominent. Sure. And there <laughs> I was remember no, being yeah. like, I should read this book, but I don't feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was I didn't I didn't I didn't read his book. I read uh, another one that was influenced by his called Every Man's Battle. That was oh. uh, it was a book, it was a purity culture book, but directed at, at men. I I think I I don't know what I did with it. I think I borrowed it from someone or something. Oh. I don't have it anymore. Anyways, I feel like important just because we're in the recommendations portion of the episode to be like we're not, we're not recommending, recommending these books. <laughs> yeah, like we're recommending yeah, yeah, yeah. or every woman's battle. Oh yeah, there was there was so many. Uh, uh, yeah. there's so many. Rachel um, Held Evans, great. Uh, yeah, these, these guys people? not so much. Ugh. But Joshua Harris has recently <laughs> come, um, like, come forward and said, "Hey, this was bullshit. I shouldn't have written this. I've yeah, done a I'm lot of damage. I'm gonna yeah. stop publishing it." Um, which good for him. Huh. I'm not convinced that he is um, totally oh, turned sure. over a lo- yeah. new leaf, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, um, but that that's really important, and I'm, I'm happy that he's done that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. My my recommendation is actually I was listening to. Um, so if anyone watches a lot of youtube i watch a lot of good mythical morning um mm. so yeah, yeah. rhett and link have a podcast called ear biscuits and they <laughs> last year they did like they're deconstructing their faith oh, podcast okay. and oh, then this cool. year they're doing like a September series about talking about growing up in purity culture oh, and damn. their experiences having sex first because they're from the south yeah right? from south carolina south carolina yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah very oh interesting yeah conservative kind of like culture that they grew right. up in i will say it's very much like and they say this on the podcast as well it's very much from their perspective as straight white men right. who only ended up having sex with their wives now so oh wow okay yeah yeah, yeah. Huh. So. wild so. yeah oh great but i found it interesting because yeah like unpacking that and kind of like talking about it mm. from mm-hmm. they're interesting folk so yeah Nick. So mine is not related <laughs> at all, but <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, we were recently watched a documentary. Um, this was done by a Canadian filmmaker, uh, Karen Cho. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it was a, called uh, "In the Shadow of Gold Mountain," and so this was a documentary. It came out two thousand four. Still very um, good and relevant. It was um, at, about the uh, Chinese head tax in Canada and the Chinese Exclusion Act um, soon thereafter. Mm-hmm. And basically the after effects that the Chinese Canadian community is still kind of grappling with because, I mean, the the um, sons and daughters of the people who yeah. were coming over at that time, they're still around, yep. a lot of them, right? And, like, their families are still... A, right, we want to talk about intergenerational trauma. Intergenerational trauma, exactly. So the Chinese head tax, I mean, look it up. It's really tr- yeah. awful, and there was really no... There was an apology for it in 2006, but no compensation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's people still fighting for compensation. Basically, people coming over from China were, were taxed $500, which at the time was basically <laughs> close to our equivalent of $100,000. Yeah. Um, uh, and literally the only ones. Nobody else was ever charged this immigration mm-hmm. tax. And then a few years later, we're completely banned from entering the country. So split up families, like huge amounts of um, trauma and uh, damage were done um, mm-hmm. by the Canadian government. Um, but it was a really wonderfully done documentary. Um, it is, I mean, it was 2004, so you can tell that some of that stuff has, like there's shots of Chinatown in Vancouver that are very different than the Chinatown mm-hmm. we know today, but mm-hmm. um, really beautifully done documentary. You can find it on the National Film Board website. It's You great. can stream it for free. It's great. Nice. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you again mm-hmm. for coming on and, <laughs> Talking about some really intense stuff. <laughs> Super intense, yeah. <laughs> that, was, um, that, was, that was really, really great. Thanks yeah, for helping that was great. facilitate a really uh, thoughtful conversation. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks mm. for having me.
If you wanted to find more about us, Sainted Love, you can find us on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Twitter, mm-hmm. on TikTok, mm-hmm. all at Sainted Love Pod. Uh, we are probably most active on Instagram and then Twitter and then um one day you'll see us on TikTok. We have lofty goals for TikTok. We have lofty <laughs> goals and we've done nothing but like follow us and we'll stay tuned. There. Um yeah, and if we we like people, we like hearing your stories. So if you ever have any thoughts or messages you want to send us, um yeah, sign to our DMs out. or send us an email, uh saintedlovepod at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. Please do. We love hearing from you guys. So mm. All right. great. Great. Oh well, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.